What's up, guys? Uh, so my name is Tyler Babin, and I'm a filmmaker from New York City. Here, sitting with a personal hero of mine, Mr. Chase Jarvis, uh, and we're talking about taking action and finding inspiration through doing. You see, he's a pro already. So you all have been asking for a show that is not Richard Branson or Brene Brown or Tim Ferriss. Someone's been doing this for their whole life. Someone who's on the come up. Tyler Babin shares his journey, um, first discovering his passion for photography and doing a, a, a non-traditional path, dropping out of school, disappointing his parents, flying across the country to come sit here at Creative Live and uh, take a class from a, a photographer that he really admired, and how taking action kicked off what is now a uh, full-time job doing exactly what he likes, which is making videos every day and spending his time learning his craft. And it doesn't matter if it's if your personal desire is photography or filmmaking or if you feel like you're trapped and you have three kids and a mortgage just because Tyler Babin is 25, um, there is an immense amount of value in, if you just listen to this thing, it's gonna blow your mind. All right, check it out. Check this out, y'all. This episode of the Chase Jarvis Live Show is sponsored by Creative Live for Business. This is different than the regular old Creative Live. So whether you love, passionately love where you work, or it's sort of like meh, or on the other side, if, if it's a creative wasteland and you want to inspire some change in the place that you work, you're not alone. Studies say that three out of four people, that's right, 75% of people say they're not living up to their creative potential at work. If so, I want to introduce you to Creative Live's newest product. It's called Creative Live for Business. And in a nutshell, it's a way to get access to all of Creative Live's content for your entire team and or entire company and maybe bring in some much needed energy and innovation to that team or company simply by going to creativelive.com slash teams. Now, Creative Live for Business is already in service of several of the top creative firms on the planet and a powerhouse list of many of the Fortune 100 top brands. These brands care about creativity and innovation. And you know what? These companies pay for this for their employees. So it doesn't matter if you're a team of five people, 55, or, or if there's 50,000 people in the company. If this sounds interesting to you and you wanna check it out, either you can check it out or refer your boss to Creative Live by sending them to creativelive.com slash teams. Remember, most forward-thinking companies, they prioritize things like creative skills, like design thinking, leadership, collaboration, wellness. And again, with Creative Live for Business, you get access to all that taught by some of the top instructors in the world all on Creative Live. So again, you can visit or send your boss a link to creativelive.com slash teams to learn more. For the folks at home who are listening, we're outside sitting in a on a uh, bar table. I was told I kind of nailed it, that like Seattle's been terrible and I happened to land like the four perfect days. It's been, you know, on, on aggregate, Seattle has been 20 degrees warmer than my entire childhood <laughs> since global warming really kicked yeah. in. Like horrible for the universe, amazing for Seattle. Yeah. But specifically like for the previous two weeks, it's been not awesome, so. Um, so, this is an awesome full circle moment. And for the folks at, uh, at home who are listening right now, I'm sitting down with Tyler Babin, 
and um, there have been a lot of folks who have been asking, hey, can you have like someone who is on the come up big time? Uh, less Richard Branson, more Tyler Babin. <laughs> and um, what I would like you to do is give us the backstory of how we got to where we are right now. Yeah. And then, um, and, and then I'll, I'll take it from there. But but you go back to I don't know how many years you got to go back. Yeah. But uh, maybe go back, go back a ways. Go back far enough that you feel like you can establish. Yeah. Where we so are. I was. Uh, Grew up in Florida and was just a very, very creative kid. Always kind of got addicted to cameras. And it was sort of just always on the back burner. Like I was taking pictures of my friends and things like that. I finished, uh, finished high school and my like graduation present was a Canon T3i. And I was like, I have to learn how to actually use this thing. So I started digging into, into online learning a little bit and stumbled across this little thing called Creative Live, um, which kind of introduced me to you. And what year was this? This is 2011, 2010, somewhere in there. Um, and sort of just like went down the rabbit hole of the content you were putting out, what Creative Live was doing, and was just sort of stumbling into this whole photography world. Uh, my girl I was dating, I started just taking pictures of her and was like, I'm gonna be a fashion photographer. <laughs> and uh, I, I see a, an email comes through one day that Matthew Jordan Smith is teaching a, a three-day workshop on beauty photography and convinced my parents to, to get me a flight in a hotel and I jumped up to Seattle from Florida for three days. You and I met super briefly in that moment. In and the I was hallway like, somewhere? Yeah, like in the hallways. And I was, I remember like seeing you walk in because it was like filming and I was like, holy shit, it's Chase Sharpness. You know what I mean? Because like you were just like who I was sort of looking up to is in, in the photo world at the end of that three-day workshop. So you were the youngest student we'd ever had yeah. at that point. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that or not, but I remember like, it's like you you're 18, right? Yeah, I had just turned yeah, 18. Yeah, just turned 18. It's like which okay. I think I had heard like due to insurance or something, you guys couldn't have anyone under 18 yeah. in the studio. I like barely made the cutoff. Yeah. I remember so crazy. Yeah, I remember now that you say it that like someone had said, "Oh my gosh, we have someone who's 18." Cuz usually it was a lot not that not that it there was a lot of like 50-year-olds cuz it was mostly like 20-somethings, yeah. but I remember like, hey, we have someone who's 18 who's coming across the country to be in a class. It was just, it was just cool. Okay, so, so I learned I learned a ton and then definitely that, I always say that kind of like kick-started where my career started like really kind of rolling. At the end of that, Matthew looked at me and he's like, you really need to move to New York and that's where you can like cut your teeth. I'm like, cool, I'm gonna do it. And then went home and it took me like three and a half years to actually figure out how to move to New York. Yeah. It's, isn't it pretty easy how you can just say, and it took me three and a half years. Yeah. And like, for and the folks at home like, that are sitting there going like, oh my God, I just realized I either want to move to New York or that I want to be a designer or whatever. Yeah. And it, was it, were you patient or were you just tearing yourself up inside? Like what was this, what were those three years like? It was patience and I think, I don't know, I think the universe has a way of like making things happen when you're ready for it. Yep. You know, I, it's a good thing I didn't move straight to New York because it would have ripped me into a million pieces. Yeah. Just kept building a portfolio and learning and learning and learning. And then uh, I was watching every single like CJ Live you did, just sort of like consuming. And uh, this guy named Gary Vaynerchuk walks in one day. <laughs> I'd never heard of him before. And I was like, cool, I'll give it a listen. And at the end of that, I was like, wow, this guy is super interesting. Went down the rabbit hole of his content. He, uh, Jab, 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 it just came out. Yep. That was like, he was on that book That was run. his first book. Yeah. And uh, 
just kept consuming, kept consuming, and then one day I logged on to Vayner's website and they needed an intern. And I was like, fuck it, <laughs> I'll apply. <laughs> and it, me, mind you, I had just dropped out of college at this point. I'm like, there's no shot I'm getting an internship at like a New York City agency as a fresh dropout. Somehow convinced someone that I knew what I was doing and got a call one day and they said, you have two weeks to get to New York. I said, all right. But wasn't it, so just to, to be clear, because I think this is important, what was the internship for? It was a graphic design internship, and I had never done anything with graphic design before. <laughs> and I think this is important because everyone is waiting, not everyone, but a lot of people, non-Babbins, are waiting for the perfect thing to hit them in the face. And this was, sounds like it was very obtuse. Not only was it not like a photography, a fashion photography in uh, internship from someone for, for, for someone from Florida, it was a design internship in New York, and you had yeah. no experience with either of those things, right? Yep. How did you, how did you say, say yes and figure it out later? I, uh, I, at that point, I think I had, like, I had a decently strong uh, photography portfolio, yeah. and I think that was enough to, like, push me over the edge. Um, and I had, like, it's funny, we were, we were talking earlier about... Uh, the guy who like moved from Brazil, I think you said. Yeah, yeah, from um, Brazil to Florida, Florida, and, like, Seattle. He like really went out of his way and did did something unique to catch your attention. Yeah. And so I made a custom website that was called "I Want to Intern for Vayner." Like I did things that now like you can't do that because everyone's right. doing it. You right. just get tossed into the into the stack. I made a custom website and all these things and tried to really over deliver. Yeah. Um, and I think that's sort of what made it happen. I'll tell you, that's not sort of like that's exactly yeah. <laughs> that's that's what stands out. And I think that's um, I'm I'm sort of narrating alongside you. But if I know the people that I've hired or that I've given internships for, it was like there's real a there's a human behind you. There's not a robot who's applying for quote jobs. Yep. It's you're like no dude, I want to work for you, Gary. Yeah. And here's all of the stuff that I will do in order to, like, I'll design a custom website or whatever the things are. So you, you got this, you have two weeks to get to New York. Two weeks, bought a, bought a one-way flight, packed up uh, my camera bag in a suitcase with clothes, and just kind of didn't look back. How did, how did you get housing? These are some tactics, but... Hi guys, are you waiting on some drinks? Yes, we are. Yes. Great. Here we go. Thank you. Thank uh, For the folks at home, I'll apologize in advance if you hear like we, we're we're eating. This is this is intentionally raw, right? This is like this is unfiltered fly in the wall conversation that I'm catering to you right now for just a second because we're famished. Okay, so you had two weeks. How'd you figure out your housing and like housing? But right now there's someone in Minnesota listening to this going like, oh shit, I want to do that. How did you get? How did you find out where to live? Uh, super lucky. I literally when I got the call. It was like, I have no, no starting point, so I have to start somewhere. I tossed up a uh, Facebook status at the time because I don't think Instagram was overly relevant yet. And uh, a girl I had a class with in high school was living in Brooklyn. A roommate had moved out. There was a couch available. Like, it all just kind of fell in place. Yep. Ended up immediately leaving that apartment because it was really bad. It's hard to find apartments <laughs> while you're in New York when you don't yeah. see them or experience roommates. But you just got there and you figured just it out. Just got there. Okay. I was like, I just need to land there and then the rest will, the rest will sort itself out once you're there. Um, worked as a, as a graphic design intern, just figuring things out. At Vayner. At Vayner. 
And then we kind of like start nearing the end of the, the internship. And I had like grinded my face off during this internship. It's like getting in at six in the morning, leaving at 10 o'clock at night. I was like, I'm gonna make myself seen. Yep. All of a sudden email hits one day and it's like, thanks for all the hard work. Friday will be your last day. It's been real. And I'm like, well, that's a problem. Oh, shit. <laughs> Walked out of the office that day just having no clue what I was going to do. So I pulled out my phone and luckily Gary's email, he, he made it pretty public. So I just pulled out my phone. I was like, Friday's my last day. I want to say bye. And he was like, cool, come by the office. Walked up there and uh, his assistant was like, he doesn't have time. Sorry, he's got to go see his family. And I'm like, I need to go with him to see his family. So I ended up jumping in the Uber with Gary. We talked for an hour. And then flash forward three years, Gary and I worked together. I worked sort of as a, as a creative director of sorts, designed book covers, made vlogs, basically anything creative in his world that he needed. I stepped in and took over. And then uh, Jess walked away from that, that crazy run about a month ago and doing a residency now with Adobe. Okay, a couple more details I need to go back in there because please, what, what your story is amazing for many, many reasons. One that you were started your journey online in this in, in a world where you're like what I call a scaled mentorship. You're getting you're getting mentorship from people who don't know you exist. Yep. You're just tuning into their shit online. And then you make some bold moves. Um, you come all the way to, across the country, leap of faith, either borrowed money, parents money, saved some money, whatever, figured it out. You got close, you tapped into it. That motivated you to go back, save some money, figure out how to get to New York. Got to New York, had your internship. Honestly, wrangled your ass into a crazy internship you shouldn't have had. But this is this is everyone's story. Like I think everybody thinks that you you got in line and you stepped on the conveyor belt and the conveyor belt took you to your destination. And then you got off, no. which is not at all true, right? And this this is one of the things that I think your story is so beautiful at illustrating. And I don't want to gloss over the. What was your conversation like with G on the way up to his parents' place? Um, actually, this is funny. I'll send this to you. But the first thing I say to G as I get in the car is like, I saw you on Chase Jarvis's show. <laughs> that was like my intro. So he knew that I had context and had been following for a while. And then just told him like, look, I came here because I wanted to work with you a lot of timing and things sort of aligned. They, they were expanding their video team. They needed someone who could be a sort of Swiss Army knife. Yep. And I was pretty blatant and I just said like, I can make a big impact here. Having no clue whether or not I could <laughs> actually make a big impact there. But... Yeah, there's some sort of belief, there's a yeah, self-confidence. I mean, you develop that over time and... You have to shoot your shot yeah. when, you, when you have the opportunity to shoot it. So, is it a snap of the fingers and the next, on, at Monday you're back at work? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and well, to be fair, he gave me a test. It wasn't just like jumping out of the car. I jumped out of the car and he was like, I need to see what your work is. Make Instagram content for me. No direction, no nothing. He just says like, you follow me, you know my brand, cool, make me stuff for my brand. Jump out of the car, beeline straight to a Starbucks. Pull out my laptop and I designed like five Instagram graphics. Logged on to Vayner's servers, found his like style guide like tucked away in a corner. So I knew what fonts and all that stuff. Hacked together five graphics and like sent them on the spot. <laughs> no word whatsoever. <laughs> Just like silence. Silence. 
And then the next day, which was going to be like my last day, I get called up to HR and they're like, all right, you're starting on Gary's team Monday. You're going to be a graphic designer. And I was like, awesome. Monday rolls around. I go sit down at my desk next to Gary's office and they're like, cool, you're a video editor. I was like, all right. So I need to learn how to edit video is what you're telling me. <laughs> and what did you do to learn the video? Every night for six months was logging on to YouTube or Creative Live or whatever online resource I had. Yep. And just started consuming tutorials and testing and like all-nighters of opening up Premiere and just digging into it and pressing buttons and figuring out how things worked. So, at any point, let's expand the expand the circle a little bit. What are your parents saying, or what are you telling your parents right now? Do you have any social life? Do you have any friends? And they're like, hey, dude, what are you doing? Are you coming back to Florida pretty soon? I hear your internship's over. Like, what's t give me the, the, the next circle out from, like, the intensity of trying to figure out your next moves. Well, if we go back, like, my mom has worked in the medical field her whole life. My dad's an attorney. So... I'm telling my parents I was dropping out of school to move to New York and be a photographer, like, didn't, didn't go over great. I know that one. <laughs> and so the first, the first few months were, were lonely. It was a lot of, like, social life didn't exist whatsoever. I was sitting in a very small apartment in Brooklyn, hunched over a laptop all night, just trying to get as good as I could, because I knew I was, like, time was limited in that moment if I didn't prove myself in a pretty real way it was gonna be on a flight back home. So, yep. was talking to my parents, but I think everyone sort of on some level expected me to pick up the phone one day and be like, all right, it was fun, but coming back home and I'll do my nice safe life and everything will be easy. Yep. It didn't end up going that way. <laughs> so, video editor, figuring that out, pressing buttons, taking online classes, starting to make video. How long did that? How long did you have to grind in that phase for? That's probably like six months or so, just figuring things out, making like as many videos as I could, and uh, then I started transitioning into into filming for Gary and like making bigger projects. And then I don't know, you flash forward another six months, and all of a sudden, Gary's like, I "Need you to come to Australia." I was like, "All right, guess we're going to Australia." <laughs> And then the rest of it's a blur. It goes into the zone of traveled full time and made a lot of videos and now I'm here. <laughs> it's funny, like we were talking earlier, but it actually gets hard to like describe what those years were because you were so heads down in them that it's kind of like you sort of lose yourself for a little bit. Tyler, this episode's gonna be pure gold because it's very hard, I think, for people to grapple with the concept of um, what it actually takes. And I do think that people who are further along in their journey than you are gloss over this stuff a little bit. They just basically like, oh yeah, and there's a couple of years that are really hard, and then they go back to their biggest success. <laughs> and so, Let's go, give me a time measurement from like watching uh, 
Creative Live and seeing that there's going to be a fashion photography workshop to now full-time traveling with Gary. How many years? Um, five, six, seven, somewhere in there. Okay. And you just then gave notice within the last four months, five months? Oh, less than that. 60 days. <laughs> 60 days. Okay, so 60 days ago, you basically... Well, I found out from a video that you put out, um, and it made its way to me. And I think the video was called, like, Quit My Day Job, or I Quit My Dream Job, or something like that. Yep. And it describes the process of you landing uh, a residency, an artisan residency at Adobe. Yep. What makes someone who's theoretically living their best life doing the thing that they never thought they were going to get to do, be living in New York, you know, kid came from Florida, dropped out of college, now working for a fast-growing agency in New York. What made you, what made you punt that? Because that sounds pretty good to 99% of the people out there. Don't get me wrong, it was, it was awesome. And it would never in a million years trade any of the experiences I had there. Yep. But I woke up probably six, six months ago, maybe maybe a year, and it just it wasn't the dream job anymore. Yep. At some point, right? It like Every, it, had, it had tipped. Mm -hmm. You know, the other shoe had kind of dropped, and all of a sudden, I wasn't able to like tell the stories that were in my head anymore. And I was like, cool. I'm. I've always been pretty quick to. Whenever, as soon as I sense that, and like there's too many days of like looking in the mirror or waking up and I'm not super psyched to go do whatever I'm doing, that I can take a step back and be like, all right, let's start pulling levers on life and figure out what's next. And I just realized like that was the moment where, I mean, I'm 25 now and I felt like I was running out of years that I was gonna have as little responsibility in my life as I had. No one to take care of. I'm like single living in New York, just doing my thing to go like really try and build something for myself. Yeah. And so you wake up that day and you said, I've looked in the mirror too many days in a row. This is a classic Steve Jobs line, right? That's yeah. like, if you do that, if you wake up and you find yourself looking in the mirror thinking, I don't like this too many days in a row, you gotta make a change. So this is where a lot of people, I think, screw themselves and they don't actually make a change. And then five years goes by and like, oh my God, what have I done? And if you pull some wrong levers in that time, get yourself into debt, get yourself into a bunch of, and, and it's fine, like there's a different solution than Tyler Babin's solution for people who do get into trouble, but you had the, you had the uh, self-awareness to, to raise that. Now, that is what I, to me, the most powerful force in the universe is our intuition. So where did you learn to trust that? And did you trust it? You said, I, I'm pretty good at always like figuring that out. And, and so was that something your parents raised you with? Is that something that was instinctual? It's, it's this guy, okay. our man Ryan Holiday. Mm -hmm. Just like having a really good understanding that like you're gonna die one day. Yeah, for the folks so. that, that are listening instead of watching. So he just yeah. pointed to a tattoo that he has on his arm, which is memento mori, which just means you're gonna die. Yeah. Remember your death. Um, and I think that, I don't know, man, like you're gonna die one day. Yep. So, like, why waste any of this opportunity, you know? 
So I'm quick that like the worst possible thing that could happen is me dying and that's going to happen regardless. So if I'm not happy, I better pull off quickly. So is that, is that a skill you think you've always had or is that something that you developed or is that something you learned from Ryan or is that? In, in retrospect, I think it's something that's always kind of naturally been there. Yeah. Um, just, I don't know, like it's always just sort of been intuition, but yeah. I started following Ryan's work and I think that's where I take a lot of my kind of like more stoic beliefs yeah. in the last few years of my life is just like, we don't have a second to waste here. And you're talking like you're 100 years old, you're fucking 25. <laughs> Oh, man, like, no, but it's amazing. I think that's like, that's why I'm picking on this a little bit is because I think it's a really important attribute. And I do look at it as an attribute. That's not an accident that you figured that out. That's like yeah. a, it's a practiced, honed, like your self-reflection, self-realization, self-awareness. That's Those are skills. Okay, so you wake up, you have this epiphany. I'm no longer living my dream life, which happens. Yeah. I mean, I've even had that. And things are like by pretty much every single possible measure externally, anyone would survey this and say, This is insane. This is the best thing you could ever be doing. Presumably, they're your friends who are looking at that saying, Insane, amazing, how are you doing this? This is so cool. Yeah. You have this self awareness, and then you do what? So, the first thing I did was told Gary that something wasn't jiving right. And Gary did like the cool smart thing, which is he gave me the ability to start playing inside of VaynerMedia a lot more. Stepped away from creating daily content for him, took over as, as a director on some internal Vayner projects, worked as uh, a creative director on Gary's wine project, Empathy, helped build that for a few months. But nothing, just nothing was clicking. Like the same thing was sort of happening. And in January of this year, uh, I went to India for 10 days. One of my best friends was getting married there and just kind of exploring and doing a lot of like that self-reflection. And I was just like, it sucks because I love Gary to death. Vayner is where all of my best friends in the world are. I don't know what I would do without it, but it's time to like walk out of that building for a while. Yep. And uh, a friend of mine, Sarah Dici, who is yep. kind of how I knew about the, the creative residency, that video happened to kind of like pop into my feed Again, going back to, I think the universe kind of like lets you know when yep. things are coming up. Yep. Logged on while I was in India, sitting in in my friend's backyard, pulled up and applications were closing in like a week. So my whole flight home was putting together a pitch of my idea. Luckily, the, the idea had been kind of floating in the back of my head for a while. Land back in New York, design a deck ship it off and then throughout I mean this process actually takes like two months to figure out if you get the residency yep. lots of interviews lots of flights back and forth to San Francisco got a call one day and they were like cool we want you and in the same way of, of leaving Florida to go to New York I had two weeks like to the day to both have to call Gary and like have that discussion finish an enormous amount of projects that were still on the table at Vayner and then walk into this sort of new life so, recount the conversation for us. Um, so we had, we were going to Napa to actually go blend the next like batch of wine. It was the first time I had traveled with him a long time, and I knew that we had like an hour in the car from when we landed in San Francisco to go. I know that drive. And I was like, all right, this is gonna be the moment that it, it's gonna happen. 
And at this point, I didn't have the residency yet. I was like, I just need to put this on the table so he understands what's coming. And he was he was great. And I think it was for me, it was so fun to to see the other side of Gary too, like telling someone who I've worked very closely with that I'm walking away and then being like, yo, do you like if this is something you have to go get out of your system, go do it. And sort of just wish me the best and has done nothing but provide support since walking away. But it was tough. I mean, I, I like got super emotional through it and it was yeah. weird. And we just kept like in our last meeting that we had at Vayner, we both just kept saying how surreal it was to, to be walking away in this moment. Super strange. But he's been nothing but supportive since since taking that jump. I think this is a place where what I would like to interject is having heard a thousand of these stories, yours is, I think it's got extra poignant because of how close it is to the world that, well, your, 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 our narratives are very intertwined personally. Yep. Um, but there are people all over the world who are listening to this right now who need to have this tough conversation with their partner, spouse, business partner, parents, grandparents, lover, whatever, because they think they're going to like blow something up that's irreparable. And if you can approach it, my experience is if you approach these things with real like awareness and depth and compassion and love and care, yeah. and that, that it can be a pleasant conversation. It's like you actually really meaningfully, deeply, you've processed these feelings and this is how you actually feel. And if you can, if you can master that moment, like it sounds like you did in that conversation on the way to Napa, that it can actually be like where you you grab personal power as opposed to lose it. Yeah. Even you can get emotional, you can, all those things can still be true. And and then you can walk out of there with your head not just high but like on eleven and be like on a, it's a launching pad for your next thing. Yeah. There's a there's this like quote from Jeff Staple who's like a fashion designer in New York. And he always talks about like when you're in you're in an airplane and it like loses pressure and the masks drop down, like what do they say? It's like, put your mask on first before you help anyone else. And I think it's like a really good attribute to just like looking at life. Yeah. You have to be sort of selfish in a way, but if you're not taking care of yourself and making sure that you're surviving, like you can't do shit for everyone around you. Yeah, not just surviving, but thriving. Like, you know, it's like yeah. if, you, if you're like, you got your claws in and you're just clinging to the edge of the cliff, it's still super hard to be there for anybody else. Yeah. And so, yeah. So it's like, I think I have a much better relationship with my parents now because for six months we didn't have a good relationship. When I like had to say like, no, not going to school, can't hand you a degree anymore. Like, I gotta go do me. But in turn, it's, it's made everything better because now, now like we have a great relationship on the other side of it. The same thing to be said with Gary, I think that if I would have stayed in the place I was, whether I lasted six months or a year or 10 years, at some point I would have snapped and Gary and I wouldn't have a great relationship yeah. as opposed to I was able to like say, no, this isn't the right thing right now. Yeah. And I can still pick up the phone and he'll answer immediately and like do whatever he can for me. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So now we're going to shift into new world order. Yeah. So this was before you actually had the job with, with Adobe. So what was your plan if you didn't land it? Did you have a plan? Did you have a plan B? There was no plan B. Um, I would have stayed at Vayner, but still knowing, like I would have just started looking at other options. Yeah. 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 And the reality is you, you landed the thing, right? And there's a great piece in your video, which is called, one more time. Uh, I quit my dream job. I quit my dream job. 
and uh, it's racked up a half a million views because I think this is a it's a very sensitive topic for a lot of people the concept of a dream job the concept of finding it and walking away from it um, so you found out you got the gig and for those people at home who don't know what is it so it's a very new program it's like five years old uh, Adobe picks a handful of creatives every year gives them a salary and health benefits and everything you can imagine uh, really taking away all the financial friction and all you do is focus on personal passion projects for the year amazing yeah it's pretty wild <laughs> super cool um, and you got the gig and what are you doing with it now so first of all for people at home how long ago is this, this <laughs> happened this is like 60 uh, days now five weeks six okay. weeks something like that okay still very very new totally in the the phase of adapting to the new normal. Yeah. I am primarily working on this project on influencer culture that's been sort of on the back burner in my mind and it's allowing me to feed off of a lot of the things I saw working in Vayner's world and just advertising in general. Yeah. I'm trying to kind of pull a curtain back on what it means to, to maintain an online audience and gain an online audience and what are you doing once you have it. It's saying there's so many kids these days that just say, I want to be a YouTuber and just really, there's no education or information around what that actually means. And then I get to do the fun thing of every little idea or video that's popped into my head over the last four years is now racked up a list in a Google Doc on my computer and I just get to start chipping away at those every day. I'm doing it in the form of framing them up as like sort of weekly vlogs, but just making, making as much as I can and not taking on any extra work that can distract me from like building a dream portfolio this year. So what does that mean when you wake up every day? Like that sounds good on paper. Yeah. I'm like far away <laughs> and if I'm again like homie here listening in uh, Oslo right now and I'm like okay that's cool but what do you wake up and do every day? Because you wake up and you have to go brush your teeth and look in the yeah. mirror and there's no like timeline or deliverable yeah. that says there's no one saying did you do a video today because you know your the residency is you you got the job yeah so what's that like yeah that's uh that's been like the lesson I've learned in, in the process I was so excited like I remember the the last two weeks at Vayner I was like cannot wait day one I'm gonna wake up cranking out so many videos I'm gonna make so much stuff I'm starting a podcast doing a documentary I'm doing all of it Day one, I woke up and I had no idea what the fuck to do. <laughs> like nothing. Like I, I sat down and I was like, all right, what's the great idea for today? And it wasn't there. And I would say the first like week, week and a half was, I mean, I just sort of sat in my room like daydreaming, trying to ideate on what I should start making. And there was nothing really there. That sort of threw me for a loop because it was just not at all what I expected. And then I started sort of putting myself in a box and giving myself a little bit more, uh, more of a container that I had to work in every day I have to pick up the camera and just start filming and I don't have to know what the story for that day is or what video I'm trying to create I just pick up the camera and I start recording and I start talking to it and if I do it for long enough eventually things start to frame out that's that is super key for anyone who's if, like don't gloss over that part that's like a you know, call that part of the video out where you actually wake up and you just start making something and it's action over intellect right you can't did you have you tried to think your way out of it and was it successful 
Not even, not even kind of. <laughs> like, yeah. there's a reason I was sitting in my room with no ideas, you know, because I didn't have any ideas and I wasn't going to find them while sitting in my room thinking about them. So, are there still days now you're six weeks in that you wake up and you're, you, you're a little bit scared? Yeah, of course. I think, and I mean, I don't know, I'm sure you have those days on some level. I don't think they're going anywhere. You know, we, we've decided to like do a craft that there's no manual to how it works. There's nothing mechanical about this. Yeah. You know, it's all, it's all figuring it out as you're going. So those days happen every single day and they're not going to slow down, but at least I have the formula now to work with those days and not be paralyzed by them. Yeah. And be clear, what's the formula? Start. Just start. Wait till you're ready? No. <laughs> have the perfect idea? No. It's, it's everyone, I'm always getting DMs of like, well, what camera do you shoot on? What, what's, what gear do I need to make videos? I'm like, you have a phone. I don't care about like all the, all the shit that goes into it. Like, just pick up something and start capturing and figuring it out. Because like, you're only going to find inspiration through action. Do you, have you now put yourself on more of a regimen? Are you publishing weekly? Are you like... The goal, if I can, is, uh, is twice a week right now, which are like evergreen videos, because the documentary is like just now going into production. Uh, towards the end of summer, hopefully it's three a week. So one episode of the doc, two sort of evergreen pieces. Um, but that being said, like, I didn't post anything this week. I've been traveling, I've been sort of all over the place. I think it's less, like, setting up, like, it, <laughs> everything has to work for you, you know? I think it's, it's so many people look at, at a framework or look at your life or my life or anyone's life and say, I have to do that. It's never going to work. You got to figure out what's going to work for you. It's powerful. So, here you are, figuring it out day by day. Have sort of a, a plan. Now you want to publish X videos a week. You got a doc project going on. Um, you're getting paid to do what you love. This is it's like literally the definition of what a, a million people write on Instagram posts and put shit on wall. These are like inspirational sayings you see inside of bad companies. And does it feel any different than when you were? You know, living in your parents' basement in Florida? Not really. <laughs> no, because like at the end of the day, I, I just want to make videos that I like. I want to take pictures that I like. I don't care about the numbers and whether or not I live in Manhattan or live in Florida or anywhere. Like, it feels awesome that I get to, I get to pour fully into only the stuff that's going on in my head. I don't have to be like, all right, I want to make this video, but we got to do this client shoot first yeah. before we get to it. But Or I got to work my shift at Starbucks or yeah, I got to, yeah. yeah. It was the same. I mean, it was Vayner, right? Yeah. Like as much as Vayner was awesome, I wasn't able to like do my own stuff for those most of the time, 12 hours a day. It was yeah. get up at four in the morning and edit for a few hours and find my pocket. And then afterwards, it's a few hours. It was all still just like a grind. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I never want to lose that. Like, I never want to make it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I noticed you have a tattoo on your other arm. We had the Memento Mori, but you have another one that says the process. Process. So what's that about? Because uh, I feel like, I'm not sure if maybe you feel this way too. Like, whenever I got the full-time job with Gary, super depressed the next day. I was just bummed. I was like, the, the like, 
intern days were over. All of a sudden, I had like had a decent salary, and I knew where money was coming from every month, and like bills were paid. All of a sudden, I wasn't up until 4 a.m. every single day doing three different projects and trying to scrap money together. So I had to like find the next thing. And so for me, I, I a lot of times will get focused on, like right now I'm like, I just really want to hit 100,000 new subscribers on YouTube. But what happens once I hit that? Like nothing. Yeah. Like right now, like the most fun is going to be making all the videos that get me to that. Yeah. So I find it way more fun to like this process than whatever I think is on the other side of the goal. For, for what it's worth, that's really healthy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a healthy viewpoint. I think people start looking at their bank account, and I don't know a single person who wanted to make a million that when they got there wanted to make 10. And when you make 10, you want to make 100, and when you want to make 100, or whatever. The same is true probably with, uh, yeah. we don't have to actually, we don't have to, what is it, you don't have to actually touch the hot stove to know it's hot. You can watch somebody else burn themselves. <laughs> and uh, I think the same is true there. So good on you to figure that out. So, what next? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> you got a year? I have a, I have a year, I guess 11 months now, that I still get to just like do me. And I don't know what's on the other side of that year. I, I try not to think about it too much. Yeah. I just want to be very much in the moment of focusing on... It's funny. I. I as like my audience is starting to grow and like traction is building, I already can feel myself wanting to like cater more to the audience yeah. than what I should. And so this year, I'm trying to only make things that I would want to watch, not what I think people want to watch. You know, everyone's telling me to like to grow my YouTube channel the fastest. Just make tutorials, make photography tutorials, and go. And I'm like, I have zero fucking interest in making tutorials. Totally. You know what I mean? Like I I'll, that, I'll do, I'll one. figure out yeah. my way to like provide education because that's important. But me sitting in front of a laptop teaching Photoshop is just not a good use of my time. You know. So I just want to focus on making nothing but what's going to make me happy in my brain, and then I'll figure out how to pay bills in 11 months. Your own oxygen mask. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So where, like, let's put a bow on this. Try and what, what's the advice? Like there's been all kinds of crazy, beautiful, perfect lessons in your story that you've been sharing with us for the last 30 minutes, but what's, what's the lesson? What, what, what are some takeaways? Just not waiting until you're ready. You know, I think that's sort of the thing throughout this whole day we've been hanging out. That's like the lesson that I feel like holds true. Yep. Waiting until you're ready is not gonna, not gonna get you anywhere say yes and then figure it out later and how about for people who are um, I think I want to acknowledge that and I think you, you actually did a nice job of acknowledging that you didn't have overhead you didn't have a family or kids or a lot of those yeah. things and you made some moves before those were additional considerations but I think the attitude is the same Right there's there's still a figure it out. There, like embedded in there was like communicate. Like you talk to your parents, you talk to Gary. You, you, you know you did all these things before you felt that they would they had steamrolled you. Also, it's not. Um, it's uh, doubling down on communication. I think is super critical. But there's a solution for the people who are saying, yeah, it would be nice, but I'm not 25. But for those folks who are listening, it's like. 
there's a solution for whatever bind you're in right now. And it's not that, it's not, it's more similar to yours than it is different. Just the content is different, right? Look, and, and I don't, you know, I understand I'm coming from a place of, yes, I was able to make decisions early and I, I had a lot of ability to like do my thing. Yep. And a lot of people don't. And I get that and like For respect. sure, yeah, it's privilege is a thing. But that being said, you know, I think everyone has the ability to, to set priorities in a little bit. You know, if you have a kid, there's still hours before they wake up and after they go to sleep. You know, there's there's always a path if you want it bad enough. Spoken. Yeah. Anything else you want to say before uh, we get back to these margaritas? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm pretty pretty focused on the margarita at the moment. <laughs> awesome. How do people find you? What's the, what's the best place? And to follow along on your, your newfound journey. Instagram, at Babin, B-A-B-I-N. Okay. That's like where a lot of my time and energy is going. You can also email me. I'm spending a lot of time just like trying to block out while I have the time, an hour a day, to just like chat with people online. So work with Babin at gmail.com. Work and with Babin at gmail. TylerBabin.com for my photography portfolio that gets updated like once every three years. All right, I think that about wraps it up. Congrats, bud. It's a really inspirational story. Super psyched for you. Way to make shit happen. Thank you, bud. For those folks at home, see you again hopefully tomorrow. All right, that about wraps it up. But uh, hey, before you bounce, two quick things. Um, actually, I'm going to go three quick things. Thing one, A, thank you so much for being a part of this community. And I'm not quite sure how you, you landed on this podcast. It doesn't matter to me. The fact that we're all in this together and that we're able to have a conversation is awesome. I feel uh, honored to be in your ears right now and that uh, you've paid attention to what I've been doing, what Creative Live has been doing for some time. And whether it's been a day or 10 years, I just want to say thank you. It's also really important to know on the backside of that, that I, I do a lot of responding to comments. So hit me up, on, you know, direct message me on, on Instagram or Twitter or at me. I try and respond as much as possible. So let's have a conversation that transcends me just being in your ears here. Let's try and do it some, somewhere out there in, on the internet land. That's thing one. Thing two, again, I'm not quite sure what channels you pay attention to me and my work, but please go check out. I'm at Chase Jarvis or slash Chase Jarvis or whatever on all the platforms. And it's really important to me. Also, if you wouldn't mind checking out Creative Live, it's something that not only myself, but 120 other committed hardcore badass people come to work every day uh, to build the place where creators and entrepreneurs learn. So check that out. They're just slash creative live or at creative live all over out there on the internet. All right. Until again, uh, probably tomorrow. I hope I'll hear you. I'll be in your ears maybe tomorrow and I'll look for your comments on the internets. Bye.